Indeed, all praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our Lord, our Creator, our Sustainer, our Cherisher, our Master, the first and the last, the most merciful, the most generous, the most giving and the most forgiving, the best of all protectors, the best of all witnesses, the closest to us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Salawat and salam be upon his beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his pure family, noble companions, and all true believers until the very last day. Today is the 21st of Shahrullahi al Muharram, of Allah's month al Muharram. And it is indeed an indication that yet another true season of worship is coming to an end. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Holy Quran that it was out of Allah's divine wisdom and mercy that Allah made the year consist of 12 months. And Allah made it that three of them come one after the other and Allah made each one of them sacred. The month of Dhul Ka'ada, then the month of Dhul Hijjah, and this month of Al Muharram. Three of them come one after the other, each one of them a holy, a sacred month. But a mighty season of worship, a huge opportunity for true believers is hidden and found in those sacred months. And this year I was trying to contemplate how would I end my Islamic year, which was a few weeks ago, and how am I supposed to begin my new Islamic year, which is this month now, three weeks ago. And I came to realize one more thing that I don't remember realizing before in my life. Whatever happens to me on an individual basis, came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I am not allowed to think of myself just about myself and my own individual salvation or my own individual self-purification. I meant to think about my family, my wife, my children, my parents, my sisters, brothers, uncles, aunts, etc. But not only at that scale, I also realized that I'm meant to think and pray for and do something for the rest of my brothers and sisters wherever they may be on this beautiful planet. I understood that I will be trialed as an individual. And I also understood that we are tried as Ummah, as one nation, and then that we all are tried as mankind. And it's just a simple contemplation over that ayah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذَا مَسَّ الْإِنسَانَ ضُرُّ 
when a calamity and affliction befalls a human being and then Allah elsewhere in the Quran says وَإِذَا so he trials us as individuals individually each and every one of us even this toddler a baby young and old male and female rich and poor educated and not so educated whatever you may be wherever you may be remember that you will see certain tests in your life and trials likewise and then Allah trials us as mankind and those trials and tests that we see as a whole body are much mightier and bigger than those trials and tests that Allah sends our way as individuals and what helped me to reach to this conclusion was the recent famine in Sudan and the recent floods in Bangladesh and the war that is taking place in Eastern Europe those are roughly tests and trials that are of a mighty big scale Allah is also sending a signal to each and every one of us from those floods that struck certain parts in Bangladesh. And the drought and then famine that hit our brothers and sisters, including children, especially children, who died in thousands in Sudan. And then thousands of innocent people I don't want to say innocent soldiers, but you can argue that way as well in today's time and age, also lost their lives since February of last year in Eastern Europe. Each and every one of them made me think, what have I done for my brothers and sisters wherever they may be? It could be Sudan, it could be Bangladesh, the next could be here, this region, East Anglia. You don't know what lies ahead. But you do know that whatever comes your way came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, my dear brothers and sisters and dear children, gives us a lot, ample, or enough, Allah is the giver. لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت this is the prayer that our beloved Prophet prayed on a, on a regular basis, almost after every obligatory prayer. And it's a very striking point in it. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees to give, no one can stand in between and stop that gift from reaching those that it was decreed for, destined for. But when Allah gives us, you may, from your subjective viewpoint, say it's a lot or not, or enough or not, but I can tell you it's always enough. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has never deprived any of his creatures, including us human beings, from enough. But we, by our nature, seem to be a little bit more greedy than what we could be. And we think we don't have enough and we would like to have more and more and more until only one thing can stop and end that desire of wanting more and that is at turab 
that's going to fill our mouth once we are in our grave. That's what our tradition says. And it's true. Question yourselves. I'm questioning myself. You can do the same for yourselves and see if I'm saying something which makes sense to you or not. I'm afraid it does. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does give us enough to survive. And that's why I believe the Prophet said in that hadith, which I quoted in the khutbah, love Allah. Love Allah for what he gives you to nourish you, to sustain you, to keep you going. To keep you alive. And that keeping you alive is quite comfortable and pleasing and fulfilling. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is keeping each and every one of us alive. And each and every kidney that needs to be filled is filled by Allah's provision on this earth and maybe beyond that then the answer is if you and I know this we ought to love the one who feeds us who cherishes us who sustains us who nourishes us who gives us so many different and beautiful resources that we find in ourselves and around us in the nature on this planet so that we can keep going and getting in a better position, being at a better place, living yet a healthier life, more luxurious, easier, more comfortable, and so on and so forth. Allah gave all those means. And iron is one of them. Hadid. The Quran mentions that. What about gold and diesel and everything else? Don't even think of stealing somebody's fuel this winter because you can't pay for your own. Don't. It's haram. But Allah gave us all of that. The answer is that we are grateful to Allah for what He has given us. وَمَا بِكُمْ مِنْ نِعْمَةٍ أَيِّ نِعْمَةٍ Whatever bounty you have, know that it came from no other source but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hence, فَالْحَمْدُ وَالشُّكْرُ وَالثَّنَاءُ لِلَّهِ All praise is due to Allah. أَلْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ All praise is due to Allah, the Lord of the universe, of the worlds. We don't even know how many. We must be grateful. And you know how the Prophet ﷺ taught us never to fall in despair and to keep going and trying to, to, to gain and aim at higher and higher. He said to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in another beautiful dua or prayer of his, Rabbi, kam min ni'matin an'amtaha alayya qalla laka indaha shukri. How many blessings and bounties you bestowed upon me and I perhaps wasn't grateful enough to you for them. I wasn't thankful. I was ungrateful. 
I took it for granted. I shouldn't have done that, but I did it. Yet you did not deprive me of it. You kept giving. And that is why some of the great saints of our religion, they have concluded, there is really no one but Allah who gives without anything being given to him in return. And there is no one but Allah who gives without being asked. يُعْطِي لِمَنْ سَأَلَهُ وَلِمَنْ لَمْ يَسْأَلُ لِمَنْ يَدْعُوهُ وَلَا يَدْعُوهُ لِمَنْ يُؤْمِنُ بِهِ وَيَكْفُرُ يُنْكِرُ He gives to all those who acknowledge his existence and therefore worship him and praise him and are grateful to him and he gives them in abundance and he gives them the biggest of all gifts which is the gift of guidance. But he also gives to those who reject his existence and are not grateful to him and don't, they are too arrogant to bow down or to fall down on the floor and pray to Allah. And they are not grateful to anyone for more or less anything. There are people like that, unfortunately. Yet Allah still, Allah still nourishes them. Allah still cherishes them. He still looks after them. So you and I have no other choice but to be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for each and every blessing that he bestowed upon us. And out of it, we must develop what we call earnest love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sincere love towards our creator Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we were not to do so and reject this plea, this call, Allah gave us answer in the Quran about it. O oh, you who believe, whoever, whichever one of you abandons this religion, this deen of yours, know that Allah will replace you with people that will be loved by Him. Allah will love them and they will love Allah. And that will not take anything away from Allah's kingdom. Inexhaustible treasures of Allah. But you and I could lose everything. So therefore, therefore it would be foolish on our part not to love Allah for what he has done for us. And there is no other but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who will keep giving us even if we are yet to acknowledge him properly with sincerity, if we are yet to be even a tiny bit grateful to him. But Imam Shafi'i taught us a great lesson on gratefulness. He said, to be grateful on the bounties and blessings of Allah is a blessing from Allah in itself. A shukr. It's a blessing in itself. And then he explained to his disciples, his students, it's like a da'irah. He said to them, if you were to become grateful to Allah, Allah will keep giving you more and more and more. He'll increase for you. 
give you more. You will climb from one good spiritual state onto the next, which is yet better. And hence, you can begin to feel and taste the sweetness of Iman. But you shall not be able to do so unless you love Allah and His Messenger and the month of Rabi' al-Awwal is around the corner. We'll talk about our love and how we should love Allah's Messenger, our Messenger, Muhammad Until you love Allah and His Messenger more than anything or anyone else, more than yourself. Yes, you tend to think that your own life and your own soul is the most precious and dearest to you and you would lose everything if you were to die but it, it seems like that's not the case Allah and his messenger must become number one and then number two and then we can put some other numbers after that but certainly Allah and his messenger must be more beloved to us than our own selves than our children, than our families, than our businesses, than our savings, than land, than nationalities, than languages, than this and that, whatever it is that you like and admire. And on this blessed day of Friday, as we begin this uh, new Islamic year, which of course talks quite loud about the blessed migration, hijrah of our beloved Prophet ﷺ from his hometown, birth town, Mecca to Al-Manina Al-Munawwar, the city that was named after him later on. There's just one lesson I would like to share with you, and I hope you will all take it with you in your pockets and think about it as you leave the masjid today, and it should last you till the next Al-Muharram, next Islamic year. The mightiest lesson, in my humble opinion, of the blessed Hijrah of the Prophet has been mentioned by himself in one of his sayings later on, towards the end of his life. The Prophet ﷺ, he described and defined the true muhajir. What is the true muhajir in our Islamic tradition, in our religion? He said, Al-Muhajiru man hajara ma nahallahu the Prophet ﷺ says the true migrant is the one who migrates, leaves. Yet yeah, the worst is like a triple divorce. All that that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made forbidden. Whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made forbidden, and that is why this month he attributed to him and he made it sacred. And the name of sacredness comes from hurma, which is prohibition, which means that. Don't transgress against your own selves or God forbid against anyone else in those sacred months, especially in Allah's month of Al-Muharram. And learn this lesson of Hijrah. It's time for us to grow up and mature and learn that we ought to worship Allah as much as, as, much as we depend on Him. And we totally depend on Him. And we must abandon sin for as much as we cannot bear to be punished for those sins. And I'm afraid we are too feeble, too weak to bear the consequence of any of our sins. So God forbid we meet Allah and Allah didn't forgive us before we met Him. Our sins and our mistakes and shortcomings. 
So let us abandon haram as much as we can and that be our resolution for this Islamic Hijri year so that inshallah ta'ala we progress and not regress as the scholars say. Committing one haram takes you so many steps behind. You have to do too much extra optional actions to reach to some level but at least we can shield ourselves, protect ourselves from what's prohibited and inshallah ta'ala in that case we will have every opportunity to progress, to advance spiritually, emotionally, educationally, physically, and in every way, as individuals, and us as, as a community here, and us as one ummah, wherever, wherever we may be. أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله العظيم لي ولكم فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم.